0: Industrial Talk is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks. Palo Alto Networks offers zero trust for your operational technology without the PTSD. If you're in the digital transformation game, keeping operational technology secure and running smoothly is a tall order. It's enough to make any coolest operations director wake up in night sweats. Palo Alto Network's Zero Trust OT security delivers comprehensive visibility and security for all OT assets, networks, and remote operations. It provides best-in-class security while simplifying OT security management. It sees and protects everything in the network, and it automates threat detection while implementing Zero Trust across all operations. So sleep better at night knowing you have the most comprehensive platform to detect, manage, and secure your OT assets. Learn more about the Palo Alto Networks Zero Trust Solution. Go out to PaloAltoNetworks.com. That's PaloAltoNetworks.com. Find out more. You will not be disappointed.
1: Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat. Grab your work boots and let's go. All right, once again,
0: thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you for your continued support of a platform that celebrates industry professionals all around the world because you are bold, yes, brave, you dare greatly, you innovate, you solve problems. Yes, you out there on the camera. You solve problems and you make the world a better place. That's why we celebrate you on this podcast. We are also, if you can tell by the little bit of noise in the background, we're broadcasting on-site. Fabtech is the location or the event. We are in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I, I highly recommend that you place, please, place this on your to-do list or your conference list for next year. And it's going to be in Orlando. Bye, but, 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 bye but but, 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 I have a, if you're in Mexico, it's going to be in Monterey. Just, just FYI. And if you're in uh, Canada, it's going to be in Toronto, too. But then you can always come down to Orlando. So there you go. We have two in the hot seat. Two in the hot seat. Janine Kuntz and Dr. Deb Volzer. I hope I said that right. Volzer. Got it. SME is the the organization. And I'm telling you, this is a paper and pencil. This is inspiring. I'm going to be inspired. You're going to be inspired. So let's get cracking. I'm worn out. So what do you think? (laughs) Looking (laughs) good. Yes. Thank you. Very much. You guys having a good conference?
2: We're having an amazing conference, and uh, I love the meeting bold people, meeting uh, people who are changing the world. I've What a better introduction! This is amazing.
0: You are. Come on.
2: I'm fired up. I
0: was, yes, yes. Now deliver. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I got to tell you that the, the conference itself—I I am never, ever—I'm always surprised. And the surprise is always something that's inspiring and meaning is that you, you see the economy out there, right? And everybody's like, yeah, we produce this widget and we're passionate about this, or so this this little widget here. But I, we're just so passionate because it changes the world, right? I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm always inspired by the, the energy that exists out there. All right, before we get into that conversation, Janine, for the listeners out there, give us a little background on who you are.
2: Sure. Uh, My name is Janine Coons, and I am the Chief Workforce Development Officer at SME. I've been with SME for over 23 years.
0: Shut the front door.
2: It is shut the front door. And uh, too much, too soon. Uh, So in doing that, I've had the opportunity to lead our education, our training, our workforce areas of SME, which is a nonprofit just celebrated our 90th year last year.
0: And yeah. We were looking at some old photos of uh, past conferences. Shows, yeah, right. Very different. And it different. was a lathe.
2: Yeah, <laughs> not a lot of women. Still not enough. Not enough. But not enough. there was almost none. Um, and that's a, a big part, right? So you talked about being um, inspired. I feel really privileged that I get the opportunity to do this for us and the industry.
0: All right, Doc. How about that? All right. I just well, went right into the doc. I just I had to say doc.
1: Well, I'm Dr. Deb Bolzer, and I'm excited to be here. My uh, history, actually is in higher education and I was fortunate enough to meet Janine about four years ago uh, and really was inspired by the work that SME does and when she had an opportunity for me to join the team uh, I absolutely jumped right on and have been with SME for about a year and we're uh, really being uh, trailblazers out there to take all the expertise of that 90-year-old nonprofit and bring it to uh, the higher ed and uh, leverage partnerships with them to change manufacturing.
0: So let's let's dive into that. Outside of the fact that I I, I envy your position just because uh, you get to soak up all of this great stuff and it's like never, probably never gets boring. No, absolutely no. not. I uh, think okay. we,
2: you just said though if I could.
0: Yes, please.
2: You know, I would say it's interesting having come into SME twenty three years ago. I knew well, you started when you were about five. I was. It was just a little You're young child. Yes. But I knew manufacturing. I thought I knew, and I have to say, I fell in. And you might not believe, I fell in love with the industry. I think it's the coolest industry. Yes. It is the most underrepresented. It's a hidden industry, and you said, "Do I find it?" you know challenging or interesting every day absolutely i mean you can't walk around this show and not no totally geek out even if you're not a technology person yeah. and it's really a privilege to be able to be part of SME who consistently gets to kind of evolve along with the industry and figure out how to better serve it so it is it's a it's a challenging interesting and very rewarding pathway for I'll say me individually and i that's why i think i'm so passionate about yeah. getting people into this industry because not everyone has to also be a manufacturer they could be in marketing or human resources and still support an industry that's so important to our economy
0: there it is man okay we wrap it up right there because that's says i have nothing the mic, else. literally <laughs> so one of the challenges that i see and we're going to talk about this because uh hasn't has a program that addresses this challenge, and the challenge is how do you inspire youth and and say, "Hey, come on in! It's the the water's fine, and it's exciting, and there's a lot of lot of opportunity." How do we start that journey?
2: Yeah, I'll turn to my colleague Deb if you'd like to take that. I think make it happen, Deb. Yeah, she's really been very innovative and joining our group and and spearheading a program that I think answers your question pretty okay, well. Okay, Well, so one of the things that
1: we really know is that uh, we have a lot of individuals out there yep. who don't, as Janine said at the very beginning, this is a hidden industry to them. They don't see this every day where you'd see a doctor or you'd see you know, your, your dentist every day where you're really not... manufacturing is always behind the scene. You just go somewhere and there's a product that you pick out and uh, you don't really think about much about where it came from. And I think one of the things that we're trying to do is enlighten and um, inspire our youth to understand that this is the backbone of our economy uh, and there are great... Pathways, not only for jobs, but careers in manufacturing. So one of the things that we're doing is we have actually engaged a group of really innovative community college leaders, 25 of them across the U.S., and we are setting out on a, a venture together over the next three years, and we want to throughput 1,000 net new individuals per campus, resulting in 75,000 aware and trained and skilled individuals that will fill the pipeline. For okay,
0: let's, uh, let's go through the math again. Real quick, so we have 25 community colleges across the United States, and and what is the goal again?
1: Each college, yeah. per year for the next three years, is that we have a challenge to throughput a thousand net new students uh, from awareness to enrollment to completion of. Uh, skills and badges and credentials that lead to meaningful and sustainable uh, living wage jobs in manufacturing Um, if we do that every year uh, these schools will step up and put 25,000 net new individuals into manufacturing or STEM education and then that results in 75,000 net new individuals in this by the end of our three year journey together
0: okay so now the workforce is being developed in you know collaborating with the community colleges and whatever and then being able to do that what does the industry what does the manufacturing industry they gotta support this they gotta be all on board so tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah well absolutely because in the end this is what you we're just
0: doing the whoo there we go right good right.
2: luck and, and certainly we know our manufacturers are in need of those individuals so the, we know the demand is there, but to your answer is what can they do to be part of this and, you know, contribute? What is their role? And it's a multifaceted role in that regards. Um, one is stepping up and communicating the needs to those schools. Sometimes our employers don't always think about the school system as part of their supply chain. They might think of their supply chain as components and parts coming together, and maybe they're doing assembly But the people aspect is one of the most critical supply chains that they can manage out of their entire operation. And so that requires them to step into that supplier, which is, in this case, the community college, might be the university, a high school, and articulate, just like they would with other parts, the specifications for what they need, right? So giving that input into our education system is a critical part and an important role, as well as work-based learning opportunities, co-ops, internships, opening up their walls, right, is another important part. And then certainly hiring them, right, is an important part. So there's many, those are just a couple. And I would add to that, and retain them once they're
1: there. So if we do the work on the front end and we make sure that we have aligned the right kind of skills needed for those positions that they're hiring for, but then what's the next step? Industry continues to innovate, so how do we then make sure that we're closing that loop back and saying what additional upskilling and reskilling do we need to do for those individuals we just placed into those careers, and how do we then get them back to the right uh, education provider to supply that uh, next skill and talent.
0: Are you working with manufacturers in those in the surrounding areas where those community colleges are located and saying, "Hey, we got the college and then we need to understand what you need and then be able to have that collaborative conversation saying, "No, I don't no, don't do that. We don't need we need this." Is that happening?
1: Absolutely. So um, as SME steps in from that national um, kind of industry knowledge, we know we have to act locally. And so we will bring that expertise of what we know nationally down to that local level. And our community colleges do a good job of reaching out to their industry partners. But we think we can develop even better open lines of communication, building out those um, opportunities for, as Janine said, for them to identify what are those skills gaps, what are the needs that they have, and then uh, make sure that we have that alignment back to the programming delivered in the time frame, the modality uh, and duration
2: that they need to, to fill those jobs or continue I, I think that's an interesting point because I touched on, you asked about what can manufacturers do, and I think not only the skills, but I thought what Deb said was important too, which is really helping our educators understand that timeline. Sometimes what we used to think was a degree program and a student right a student going through yeah. that's not always the time frame that will work for the employer side of things. So that understanding of not just the specifications for the skills, but the timing and how Universities, colleges, and high schools can adjust to that to think a little bit sometimes more short term, get them in a job, the on and off ramps of learning and, and, and working, learning and working, educating and working, right? That that on and off ramp allows people to sometimes get to work faster than they would have some of the old traditional ways. I,
0: I just think it's vitally important to do that, given what's taking place out on the floor here in the, the three venues a small city out here of of these industries, Um, what is obvious is that there's this velocity that exists and so I I think that whole work, educate, work, educate is vital because it's happening fast. And if you think that you're going to just sit there and just say, oh, okay, I'm going to educate, 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 that becomes stale given the speed at which this innovation is going.
2: Right. Well, and, and even our workforce pipeline challenge, this manufacturing imperative, we've talked a lot about youth, but it's dislocated workers, it's adults, yeah. adult learners that are maybe looking at a second career, maybe they, um, you know, a stay-at-home mom and now their children are of, you know, school age or, you know, left the home and they want to get back to work. Or, if they are having kids at home, right, again, scheduling might be unique in what they're able to do in terms of getting those skills to get Good. a job. So, again, you have to really think very innovatively and creatively on those different audiences and their needs, which is what you kind of touched on. It's not all about the, the timeline or the skills, but how that's delivered to individuals as well.
0: How do you deal, and this is sort of a micro, so if, if our... If our Objective is a thousand per per year per community college over three years. Got it. Got it. Good. What's the criteria of the thousand, and what are what's some of the the trends? What what's being discussed? What, what's needed out there?
1: Absolutely. And you know what? Um, while we have that national imperative to throughput that number, we have to, again, act locally. So we have to understand what are the needs of that community. We'll be working with that community to do a landscape study to understand what are the jobs, what are the jobs that are trending, what new, what new economic development is going uh, on within their community, within their state, so that we can start to address those needs. So that's one, is really understanding what the market is. Um, and then two, really understanding you know, the the throughput that we need to have and how we count those. So you've got that awareness all the way from K-12, all the way through bringing in uh, somebody for a second career, Um, you know, we'll, we'll manage that locally with the community college. So each community college will have their own strategic plan, where are they now, with sector strategies, where are they strong? Oh. Where are they weak? And then, how do we help bring in That's and bolster awesome. up those uh, sector strategies? You
0: know, you're. you're it, it, what comes to me in in full stereo is the necessity to really collaborate you can't you cannot just say "Hey, community college go out and do that no you need to have that ability to be able to say hey manufacturing base in this area we need to be able to do this you need to. you need to be on board you need to be able to commit to this in a big way right and then also your organization needs to do its part it's it's truly a dynamic uh... collaboration of everybody driven by that vision of understanding and, and really wanting to, got inst- yeah. we've got to do this.
2: Well, and I, I love what you just said, and I, it's, it's like unprecedented collaboration, right, of coming together. You have and to. Some people will sometimes ask me, what do you see the difference from 20 years ago or 10 years ago? The one thing I can give this industry is there's a lot more attention on coming together, aligning, and doing what you just said yeah. right? about collaborating. Because everyone's... There's lots of good work out there, but how do you harness it together, leverage the strengths? SME's strength is different than the college strength or the manufacturing association that's local there doing its work by the state. The manufacturer themselves, and when you put that together, and really it's optimizing that workforce system to ultimately, as you said, kind of have that shared vision goal and get us there um, as, a, as a collective group.
0: I, I know that you're busy. And I I can see that uh, somebody's saying, hey, you got to get going. And I'm not, I'm not. We're going to stay here with
2: you all day. I
0: I want that because you're (laughs) inspiring me. But we're going to have to wrap it up, unfortunately. How do people get, how do do they start this journey with you, SME?
2: Well, our website is SME.org. That one's easy. But if you were really wanting to get a, a hold of somebody directly, it would be my colleague, uh, Deb Bolzer.
0: Here's her cell phone number, and here's her email. <laughs> no, don't worry about that. <laughs> but your email address. It is that...
2: D bolzer, so D, V
1: is in Victor, O, L, Z is in Zebra, E, R, at SME.org.
0: I love what you guys are doing.
1: Thank well
0: you. done. You guys are absolutely spectacular. I love the vision. It is necessary. Let's inspire the youth. Love it. Yeah. All right, listeners, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. We're going to have all the contact information for these two wonderful professionals out on industrialtalk.com, so fear not, you can get a hold of them. Let's inspire. Let's do that. Let's, Let's get the youth involved. This is important stuff. So thank you very much. We will be right back.
1: You're listening to the Industrial Talk
2: Podcast Network.
0: All right, that's Deb and Janine. The organization is SME, and uh, they're hitting on all cylinders. It's it's all about workforce development. What can we do in the world of industry to be able to inspire the next generation of leaders, the next generation of manufacturing industry professionals? And it comes through workforce development. There is just a ton of opportunity and information out there to educate, one being industrial talk. As I've said a number of times, we this platform is dedicated to education, dedicated to collaborating and dedicated to innovating so that you can succeed in whatever profession you're in. We talk to all of the great individuals and companies support go out to industrial talk be a part of the ecosystem you will not be disappointed all right be bold be brave dare greatly hang out with deb and janine change the world we're gonna have another great conversation coming from FabTech shortly so stay tuned